Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. It is the summer of 2020, and the Greek journalist Dimitris Kanelopoulos is on the Greek island of Crete. After a few months of a strict lockdown due to the pandemic, the 50-year-old journalist was longing for some proper holidays. However, a phone call from one of his colleagues at Ephemerida Tonsek Danton was about to end his days of relax much sooner than expected. A controversial, yet very much anticipated list of media companies which had received state funding had just been published. Phones between colleagues went up in flames and journalists grabbed pencil and paper and started doing the math. The list was supposed to be already public since days and we were waiting for it. We didn't know exactly when it was due because it was in the making. But then... It popped up on a Monday morning. Of course, I was in Crete that day, and it changed my whole schedule. I got straight to the computer. We started to make the arrangements with the newspaper, to create the tables, to check the data and amounts of money with a group of three to four persons. And we were shocked. Look, what is this amount of money here? Look how much money they gave to this other person. Here are the media groups. And then we had to start specializing and looking for the offshoots. We are talking about the list that has come to be known as the Petsas List, an 18-page long list of 1,232 media outlets that received extraordinary money from the government based on criteria that remain unknown to this day. And they received that money in order to defuse the state's social campaign for protection measures against the coronavirus, something that they were supposed to do for free. As the journalists were doing the math, they started discovering that several media outlets received huge amounts of money, while others just got a pittance. This bizarre sharing of public money further increased suspicions of a strong interconnection between the political power and some media organizations. Therefore, the fact did not go unnoticed, even at the international level. Indeed, it was one of the very reasons why, in 2022, Chris fell 38 places in Reporters Without Borders Press Freedom Ranking, occupying the 108th place. This is 108, a podcast series inquiring the fall of press freedom in Greece. Episode 5, Follow the Money, the Petsas List. 
Let's tell the story from the beginning. More cases are now being reported every day than were reported in China at the highest of its epidemic. There is a great deal of unease and uncertainty in Europe right now. It is March 2020, and the whole world is turning into the agony of the biggest pandemic of the 21st century so far. One country after another is imposing bans and lockdowns. In Greece, the first outbreak of the pandemic has already arrived and schools, cafes and restaurants, shops and other business are being closed. On March 23, a lockdown was implemented, which became one of the most severe in Europe as exemplified by the fact that citizens had to request permission to leave their homes through a text message. People were locking themselves in their homes and spending too much time on TV and the internet to follow developments. All the media were making news about COVID-19 and daily TV updates were given by the Ministry of Health on the development of the pandemic and the government's emergency measures. Information ads with well-known actors and singers were shown on Greek screens all day long with the slogan We Stay at Home. It should be noted that, according to the Greek law and the constitution, television stations are obliged to broadcast free of charge social messages, especially on health issues, in the context of social and national solidarity. This was reinforced by legislative acts adopted on an emergency basis to limit the spread of the coronavirus. Let's read one of them. Public and private radio and television stations are required to broadcast information messages up to one minute on the protection of public health and the measures for COVID-19. Such transmission shall be free of charge and exempt from any fee. However, with the same emergency legislative acts, the government created an exception. To tackle the pandemic, it is possible to commission communication and information services in derogation of the national provisions. As a result, it was then suddenly announced that the media would receive by government decision 20 million euros to promote the social messages of the stay-at-home, state-safe campaign. In the background, you're listening to a journalist from the public broadcaster ERT talking about the Ministry of Health's campaign about self-quarantine and personal responsibility. But beware, the point is not so much whether the government should collaborate with media organizations in the case of national emergencies. The point is that only some media receive financial resources. Those media that were found in the so-called Petzas list, named after the then government spokesman Stelios Petzas, who made the official announcement. So, which media receive money? How much exactly and based on which criteria? Given that it is public money, taxpayers' money, we would expect the government to be transparent and give these answers publicly on its own initiative. Unfortunately, this didn't happen. 
In fact, a private advertising company, Initiative Media, was responsible for selecting the media to be funded. And these created even more suspicion and reactions. Civil society reacted strongly. And luckily enough, thanks to these reactions, society was able to get at least some initial answers. Parliament Watch, in Greek, Vulivat, is an independent non-profit initiative that lobbies for greater transparency and accountability of politicians in Greece. We call the director and co-founder of Parliament Watch, Stefanos Lukopoulos, to tell us about the battle they have been fighting, and still do, against the opacity of the PETSAS list. We started to deal with this particular issue because we identified some very problematic points. First of all, everything was carried out under the so-called direct award procedure. In other words, a private company was given the role of managing public money and distributing it to the media. The direct award procedure was activated in violation of European and national rules, which is why the NDA, the independent authority that deals with public procurement, was also involved at the time. So that was the first red flag. The second red flag was the fact that in order to create this list of media outlets which were to receive state funding, the electronic media business register was bypassed, which is illegal. So the electronic media business register is a register that needs to be used when public money is transferred to media companies in Greece. We ask Lukopoulos to comment further on this. Exactly. And also the law states that no government funding can be given to electronic media outside of the registry. Also, another very important issue is the fact that, and this is also provided for in our constitution, social messages, particularly messages relating to emergencies and so on, can be registered and shown by the media free of charge. Finally, there is the fact that through the involvement of a subcontractor, that is, the private company, Initiative Media, there was, if you like, a greater blackout on the procedures. And so, in this way, the government was given an alibi, if you like, to hide behind a private company and shift any responsibilities. So, these four key points are the first indication that prompted us to look into this case further. In June 2020, Parliament Watch, together with the non-profit journalism organization Reporters United, organized, for the first time in Greece, a freedom of information campaign demanding access to public information. 300 citizens responded to the organization's call and also sent their individual requests to the government for the PETSIS list to go public. She just heard opposition leader Alexis Tsipras speaking in the parliament about media funding during the pandemic, as well as late Fofi Yenimata, former president of PASOK, the third largest party, in an interview aired by ANT1 Channel. But also, other opposition parties put pressure on the government. And so, eventually, on the 6th of July 2020, the PETSAS list 
an 18-page long document with 1,232 private and state-owned media which received state funding, was made public through an announcement by the government spokesperson Estelios Petsas. Ask why the campaign was not free of charge. Petsas repeated to the press panel that the campaign had to be done quickly and that it was legal and it saved lives. And the matter could have ended there if there were not some very problematic points. First of all, well, many of the sites that were funded were actually non-existent. Try googling, for example, meapopsy.gr, megatv.com.gr, or lampsymph.com. These are inactive domains. How is it possible then to receive public money in order to contribute to a campaign fostering security against the coronavirus? In addition to the journalistic investigation, the organization Parliament Watch also conducted its own investigation. This is again the director and co-founder of Parliament Watch, Stefanos Lukopoulos, speaking. We saw that list and we started to dig around. In the list we found a lot of media outlets, which were actually media outlets, especially websites, that were only landing pages. So it was clear that they were set up just to get this funding. But how could this happen? Some of them were made shortly before the campaign. Some of them also had no content. I remember how one or two websites we visited only had the logo of the stay-at-home and underneath some press releases of the EODY, the Greek National Health Organization, and of the government. So it was obvious that they were not, they were set up for this purpose. And we also found one or two radio stations which are no longer operating but also regional media which, from what we saw, belonged to relatives of political figures of new democracy, the political party in power. In the background, you are hearing the Minister of Development, Adonis Georgiadis. In an interview on Sky TV channel, admitting the above, but stating that such mistakes just do happen. Anyhow... Another detail caught the attention of investigative journalists. Namely, the fact that the money was not shown as a total amount for each media business group so that we could know directly which businessman got what. On the contrary, the money appeared scattered in branches of each group, as explained by journalist Dimitris Kanelopoulos, who did the relevant research on the matter. For example, money was given to a site called New Money and you had to find out to whom it belonged. Say it was owned by Prototema. So the Petsas list did no show disbursement of money to a big media like Nea or to Artrego. No. It was about the individual sites, individual newspapers, TV channels. That means you had to combine all of them. If you didn't miss anything, you could see specifically in total how much each of these groups got. And little by little, it turned out they started to come up with something. We saw outrageous things, hundreds of thousands of euros to one group and a few thousands to another. Such big differences. On top, newspapers and sites with a greater impact have received less money than others with a smaller impact. 
Why? One could expect that since they would spread the critical message to a larger audience, they could be funded more. An important thing to mention here is that those who seem to have been wronged compared to their competitors happen to be the media that are not friendly to the new democracy government and do not uncritically reproduce the executive's narrative. To substantiate everything mentioned so far, it suffices to say that the press more critical of the current government received less than 1% of the total 20 million euros that were disbursed. The critical of government policies newspaper Documento and its relative website is the most extreme example. It was not even included in the Petsas list. So Documento received zero euros. Although in 2020 the newspaper was selling 12 to 13,000 papers every Sunday and the site was counting 1.5 million visitors every month. 76 opposition MPs formally questioned this blockade, and the government responded. You can hear in the background Stelios Petsas during an interview on the TV channel Open saying that the coronavirus deniers were excluded. Crucially, during the same TV program, the editor-in-chief of Documento, Dimitris Hatsinikolas, rejects that the newspaper was on the side of the deniers. Just to be clear, the newspaper Documento did not dispute the existence of the coronavirus in its reports, but what it did systematically was to criticize the government for its handling of the pandemic from an economic and social point of view. Another critical of government newspaper that saw smaller but pre-government competitors getting more money was Ephemerida Don Sindanton, a cooperative-based newspaper. Dimitris Canelopoulos, whom you heard speaking already before, is an editor of Ephemerida Don Sindanton, as well as a former president of the cooperative. Well, the Petsas list, as we all know it after these years now, was an act of arrogance. It was something that came up at the beginning of New Democracy's time in power. And that's why they didn't even keep up appearances. That's why we saw very strange things, this deviation from what's logical. Why we have a better circulation than the Elefteros Taipos, for example. Both our website and our newspaper have higher readership. The Elefteros Taipos got four times as much money as we did. There is no logic. There was no criteria to justify this. As we told you a little earlier, the publication of the Petsas list followed an intense pressure campaign on the government. And as soon as the contradictions and paradoxes were identified, the question was legitimately raised. What were the criteria used to transfer money to these media companies and who decided upon these criteria? Unfortunately, this is a question that to this day Almost three years after the Petsas list was released, the government has not answered yet. To discuss these matters, we met the Secretary General of Information and Communication, Dimitris Galamatis. To make an objective allocation of state funding, you have to have tools. 
The truth is that our country, to these days, has no such tools. Can I tell you something? If the person who made this funding put in criteria like the ones we've described, he did very badly, okay? Mr. Galamatis admits that there was a gap in the funding criteria and attributes the wrongdoings not to a political choice, but to a legislative loophole. However, this interpretation does not put aside the evidence of economic marginalization of the media organizations critical of the government. And actually, it casts a light on the government's responsibilities as it shows that the government can technically be held accountable. So actually, the government is now taking a legislative initiative. And Mr. Galamatis recognizes that taking an initiative presupposes the existence of a problem. Once an institutional intervention has matured, a law, it means that the latter was made to fill a gap. After many consultations with people in the field, I mean both publishers and journalists and associations, we are establishing a reform attempt to respond to all these issues. We are establishing two registers, one for the printed press and one for the digital media. In this way, a sword of Damocles and an objective filter will be put in place every time money needs to be assigned, that is, whoever joined the register will have the possibility of state funding. The distribution of public money to the media outlets is certainly an economic issue. But it is also an opportunity. In the first place, for citizens to set limits and red lines to the government and secondly, to guarantee the freedom of the press. Not as a freedom that begins and ends with writing critical headlines about the government in charge at a given time, but mainly to not put the media in a situation where they need to decide between freedom and financial sustainability. Because in the end, let's face it, if a media outlet has no money, it simply won't survive and it won't be able to control the actions of those in power. And this is true in both cases, whether we are talking about state funding or private advertising. But the latter, and we have seen it in the previous episode, is often very much interconnected with political power. Coming back to the Petsas list and the continuation of this story, the non-profit civil society organization Parliament Watch is determined to go all the way to obtain transparency and justice. That is, until those in power will be forced to reveal the funding criteria of the PETSAS list. Yet, along this process, another scandal took place. Let's listen again to Lukopoulos to understand what happed. The request to the General Secretariat of Information and the General Secretariat did not reply. Once the 20 days that the law provides for and gives the authorities room to provide answers had passed, we appealed to the competent body, which is the National Transparency Authority. So, the National Transparency Authority told us that it is not competent, despite the fact that, according to an act of 2019, well, the authority has the powers of all the audit authorities. 
But anyway, they decided to answer us in this way. So we resubmitted a request after a European directive had been passed that now made it clear that the National Transparency Authority is responsible for resolving such issues. Lukopoulos went further into the details of this. The whole process, I wouldn't say it is illegal, but it is at least irregular and it is obvious that there is an attempt so to speak, if you like, to obfuscate the whole process. And why is that? The General Secretary of Information and the National Transparency Authority did not want to answer our questions and publish the criteria by which this money was disbursed. And so we ended up in the, the courts. We had to go to the courts. But this, this feeling, if you like, of a cover-up is also evident from the fact that a whole committee of inquiry was set up in the parliament, which basically, in my view, also downgraded the role of the parliament itself, that is, the control role of the parliament. It was, if you like, a travesty of justice. Indeed, as Lukopoulos says, a parliamentary committee of inquiry was set up to investigate the establishment of the Betzas list. It led nowhere, and we certainly came out no wiser after it. Each party came up with its own conclusion, and the Committee of Inquiry became known as the Committee on the Petzas List. Astonishingly, Stelius Petzas himself did not testify in front of this committee. For his part, the director of Initiative Media, Mikey Galgos, the private advertising agency that recommended the media and the amounts, insisted during his examination in Parliament that technocratic and not political criteria were applied. This is once again Lukopoulos discussing the paradoxes faced by citizens who are trying to find out the truth about the Petzas list. Look, and this may sound like a threat to some people, but until we do not get these criteria, we are not going to close this case. We appealed in March of 2021 to the courts. In January 2022, the decision of the Court of Appeal was published. It basically vindicates us. So it vindicates Woody Watch. It essentially recognizes the legitimate interest and the right of Woolwich to request access to the data in question. And the important thing is that in its reasoning, the court explicitly states that these are public documents and finds that it is illegal for the General Secretariat for Media and Communication and the National Transparency Authority to reject our requests. But... Now, as you can guess, there is always a but. Hold your hoses, though. Yeah. The EAD, the National Transparency Authority, refuses to provide us with this data, still. After the court's decision, the authority shared with us its take on the matter and basically told us that the authority does not recognize that we have a legitimate interest and that this information that we are requesting is confidential. So, let's take a minute here and wrap up what Lukopoulos has just told us. First, it appears that the state delegates the handling of the public funds to a private company. Second, following that, it then denies responsibility for how and to whom this money was allocated. And thirdly, when civil society demands transparency about public money, the answer is, we are sorry, but a private company has trade secrets and commercial confidentiality comes before the public interest. 
So we also contacted the marketing company Initiative Media to ask them a couple of questions. They replied that they are not allowed to talk to us because of the confidentiality clause that binds them even after the expiry date of the convention with the state. Meanwhile, the editor of Documento, Costas Vaxevanis, who was excluded from the funding, has already taken legal action against Stelius Betzas and the director of Initiative Media for offenses including libel and dishonesty against the Greek state. We know with certainty from our sources that at least one more media outlet will soon be taking legal action in an international court questioning the proceedings of the Petsas list. The Petsas list is not the only list of media organizations which obtained state funding. The Petsas list encapsulates the problems of opacity and bias of state funding in Greece leading us to wonder once again about the freedom of press in this country. You should be aware of the fact that after the Petsas list, other lists followed, such as the Kikilias list, which distributed 18.5 million euros to the media for the vaccination campaign. However, this time, there were criteria, and they were clearly stated in the contract and published. Is the state funding in the media by definition bad, or it is absolutely necessary in an impoverishing media landscape? Opinions are divided on this topic. A good challenge, however, is to formulate better criteria that are not necessarily based on numbers, but also on innovation, prospects for development, recruitment of new people, etc. Or perhaps it would be better for the state to pay education grants to journalists and fund journalism research institutes. But how easily could the state fund those who control its power? The Greek media has been impoverished by economic crisis, newspapers and magazines have closed down en masse, and in Greece we have not yet cultivated the culture of paying for our news on the internet. Yet, Behind the news, there are workers who need to be paid. This is a recurring concern among journalists. It was not absent from our discussion with Dimitris Kanelopoulos, editor of Ephemerida Ton Signanton. Our revenue is purely from sales and advertising, from the kiosk and from advertising. But we have many, many examples over the years many, many examples of companies cutting off our advertising because we wrote an article about or against a mobile phone company, for example, advertised in our own paper. The ideal model for me would be that people can support the media. I'm all in for the idea of strengthening the media that we want to see existing, like the press project, or like Ephimeridaton Syntacton, like Sinobo, a platform that shows independent films. I say I'll pay Sinavo seven euros a month so that it can continue to exist, even if I only watch one movie a month. I'll pay for the press project to exist so that I can read the reports I want. So if you want an independent newspaper to exist, for better or for worse, buy it. Buy it so that it sells papers and it has power. So that's the solution. We have to mobilize the people, mobilize as much as we can.
In Greece, new alternative media are emerging, and with independence as their compass, they make it clear in their mission statements that they do not accept state subsidies or advertising and that not reports are cut by the commercial department, whose job is to satisfy advertisers. These new media companies rely on readers' subscriptions, paywalls, funding from educational and other institutions, crowdfunding, etc. It is certainly not an easy model and requires the continued support of readers, but it offers complete independence in research and information. Just think that we, too, if we didn't have an independent funding model, we wouldn't have the freedom to do this podcast series on press freedom in Greece. You have just listened to the fifth episode of 108, The Fall of Press Freedom in Greece. The original language of the scripts of this podcast series is Greek. The authors of the scripts in Greek and of the interviews on the ground are Denis Siropoulou and Konstantinos Poulis. Episodes in English language are narrated by Maria Dios and Alexander Damiano Ricci. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen. Listen.